Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Jared Bailey from Laces Out. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First off, it's free. You don't got to pay anything to use Anchor. And there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to the latest edition of Laces Out. We are heading toward the divisional round, what many regard as the best weekend on the football calendar of the year. Jared Bailey, Kurt Homerser, joining you as always. Partner, you got to celebrate a win this past weekend. I was not so fortunate. <laughs> yes, you were, uh, I would assume, down in the dumps. I don't know. We, we didn't have a ton of dialogue after the game. I didn't, I didn't want to, you know, talk about it too much because I know how that right, is. Right, I, you don't yeah. want don't want to discuss it, but... It's okay. We're we're almost a week removed, so now now we can peacefully discuss what happened. That we can. Um. So yeah. Now, I've. I mean, obviously, I've calmed down since Sunday night. Um. <laughs> I would hope. But from the first snap, Nate, it was Ugh. the first you, snap. You, you could not have asked for a worse way to start a football game. You, I would. I would. I would take a pick six over that every day because at least a pick six, you get the snap off just a snap over the quarterback's head. Big Ben doesn't go down on the ground for it. James Conner somehow can't corral it. I I don't know. I, I don't know that. I don't think I've ever seen that ever as the first snap of a game, especially a playoff just, game. Just right away, I was like, uh, I'm, I'm afraid. <laughs> then um, Ben throws a pick. Uh, it becomes 14-0. They don't – They I think they go three and out, 21-0, then 28. It's – now, they did start mounting a comeback. I mean, um, it was 35-24 at one point. You know, Ben got going, you know, put all those bad mistakes behind him, and he played well. Um, but defensively, they looked bad. You know, the defense allowed 41 points themselves. It was, it was bad. It was. Um, it was. So now we break down what happened before and after. I mean, Juju Smith-Schuster running his big mouth. Chase Claypool's pissing me off. Chase Claypool hasn't shut up since the game ended. And where does maturity start for this team? Because it sure as hell isn't in the wide receivers room. You know, Juju Smith-Schuster calling them nameless gray faces only to get stomped by them. Chase Claypool saying, oh, it's fine. They're going to get clapped next week anyway. Are you you a 14-year-old in a Call of Duty group, like, in a group mess? Like, what the hell is wrong with you, bro? You got – you lost. You didn't come prepared. You got your ass kicked. You didn't play well. You lost to a team you should have beat who's dealing with COVID problems throughout the week, didn't practice, didn't have their head coach, didn't have several key players on the defensive side of the ball they should have been able to take advantage of. You lost. Accept it. Mm-hmm. Move on. 
and all he's done is talk. Steelers need to shut the hell up and accept what happened. Now, there was some great news today. Randy Feekner will not be returning. Thank God. The bad, is, man, the bad man is gone, Jared. The bad man is gone. I've been complaining about Randy Feekner all season long. He's not going to be back. I'm hoping that Pittsburgh decides to um, promote quarterback coach Matt Canada because anybody who watched Big Ten football when Matt Canada was in Minnesota knows his system is bombs away. It's, you know, a little bit of ground and pound, and then it's let it fly. Depending on what the quarterback situation is for Pittsburgh next year, they've got a, there's so many things that could happen. You know, um, if Ben does come back right there, that's a $41 million cap hit, and he's far from worth $41 million. So if I, I can't see them cutting Ben, I can't see them trading him, I can't see them cutting him. He's either there or he's retired. I just don't see him playing anywhere else. And I, I understand that the fact that Tom Brady's playing somewhere else. I get that John Montana, Brett Favre, all these guys played somewhere else. Ben Roethlisberger just feels like Pittsburgh and I don't think he'd want to play anywhere else. So in terms of, you know, Pittsburgh trading him, I don't see that happening. Um, and a lot of people have been reaching out to me asking, Oh, what about Carson Wentz? What about Sean Watson? There's no way in hell they're going to be able to afford either of them. Um, especially if Ben's still on the roster, but neither of them are coming there. So, and then you got to look at other contracts. Well, they got to extend TJ Watt, which they're 100% going to do. If Bud Dupree, if they want to bring him back, um, depending on the free agent attention that he gets follow, following his injury, he's going to want big money. We'll see how much he garners on the free agent market. Mike Hilton, nickel corner is going to be a free agent. Um, I think they feel a little bit more comfortable about letting him walk because they like Cam Sutton a lot in that building. James Conner won't be back. Juju Smith-Schuster, if you asked me a month ago, Juju was going to be back, I would have said yes. Right now, I'm kind of 50-50. He might not be back, so. There's a lot of decisions to make with this team. And uh, they start off with a bang. You know, people have been complaining about this offense all season long. And Mike Thompson didn't hesitate saying Randy Feekner won't be back. So um, that seems like a solid start. But, and I was tweeting throughout the game. I think we need to start asking the questions about Mike Tomlin being the head coach for the foreseeable future. Um, this is the third straight year the, the team has just collapsed at the end of the season. Um, the year that they faced Jacksonville and the divisional round, a game that they should have won, but again, they were they took it lightly. They didn't take it seriously. They were looking ahead to New England, and they got beat. This is the third straight year that they've gotten beat or just collapsed at the end of the season. So, and I get that they start off 11-0, best start in franchise history. And Kurt, I promise you, I'm going to let you jump in here and talk. I just really want to get this all <laughs> off my good. chest. You're good. Rant. Rant away, buddy. So, look, Mike Tomlin had one hell of a year, hell of a first 11 games. And then after that, it's just same old Steelers, man. And, um, you know, if Ben doesn't come back, you know, what are the options? Well, you can try to get Sam Darnold. You can try to trade for Sam Darnold. God forbid you try to sign James Winston. I mean, it's not my first choice, but he's better than Mason Rudolph is. Or, you know, you still got a great defense. Devin Bush will be back. Rob Spillane looked very good. Vince Williams, he should be back. Uh, Secondary-wise, Joe Hayden, Stephen Nelson, I mean, they're both going to be there. Mika Fitzpatrick's still very great. TJ Watts, Defense Player of the Year. I mean, you've got a lot of very good pieces. Cam Hayward's going to be back, sign that extension, too. It's there. So they've still got a top-five defense in the league uh, when completely healthy. Um, if you're still in win-now mode, you make a power move and you trade for Matthew Stafford. Um, that's something that's very doable because let's say mm -hmm. that Ben is gone. He's still going to be a $21 million cap hit because that's what's guaranteed to him. Matthew Stafford's only about a 22 next year. So, I mean, you add that up, that's a little bit more than what Ben would cost, but you can still fluctuate and move some things around. Um, and if you want to be in win-now mode, you'd give Matthew Stafford to a contender like Pittsburgh. And just like that, I think Pittsburgh's a better team than they were this year, especially with a new uh, new offensive scheme. Still got Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson there for sure. 
a guy that I would love to see inserted into this Pittsburgh offense. And it might be hard because he's at a division rival, but if they cut him, you go sign him, you sign John Ross, you put him in the Mm. slot, you use his speed and you use that to your advantage. So there's a lot of things that they can do. Uh, Now Marquise Pouncey. And if you haven't read the article by former Steelers guard, Ramon Foster on DK sports in Pittsburgh, go read it. If you're a Steelers fan, if you want to know the thoughts of Marquise Pouncey right now, going forward, in the article, Ramon talked about how after Super Bowl 45, when they lost, both of them are on the same line. They're on the same line for 10 years, both still good friends. Mm-hmm. Marquise didn't show the raw emotion that he did after the Cleveland loss. He's always, according to Ramon, he's always just been, all right, you know what? Fine, let's get back to work. That's not what we saw this past week. We saw Ben Roethlisberger crying. We saw raw emotion from both he and Marquise Pouncey. Mm-hmm. That told Ramon Foster uh, he might be really considering hanging it up. And he said that he texted Marquise. Marquise said he's 50-50 right now. He doesn't know if he's coming back. And that's mm. big complications on Ben, too, because Marquise Pouncey has said, when Ben's done, I'm done. Those, <laughs> I think Marquise Pouncey is Ben Roethlisberger's closest friend on the team. They've yep. been together for such a long time, north of 10 years. So there's a lot that could that could happen. Now, big Al Villanueva, he's more than likely gone. He didn't play well down the stretch. He's a free agent. They're going to let him walk. Um offensively they need to do a little bit of fine tuning throughout the draft and free agency in terms of offensive line and running back but you do that i mean you get a you know a stellar offensive lineman you pick up a running back uh in the draft and you know let it be the first or second round you make a move for a guy like matthew stafford right there he's still a contender you're probably better going into 2021 than you were 2020 so hope isn't lost in pittsburgh but they've got a lot of not rebuilding just uh, reloading to do but after it was rough to watch man um <laughs> And this is the last thing I'll say before I let Kurt jump in. I wrote my last piece on Sports Illustrated for All Steelers. Um, I made, you know, Kurt, you know, I love pro wrestling. Of course. And um, for anybody who does love wrestling, who's listening, uh, if you remember Ric Flair going out at WrestleMania 24, the buildup to that was that, okay, Rick's next loss is going to be his last match. That's what's going to happen. If he loses, he's done. And um, throughout the match, I mean, he still looked like he could go, still looked great, pulled off a lot of great spots. And then age kind of took over. Shawn Michaels started getting the better of him. And he took a sweet chin music, got back up, stood in the middle of the ring, told Shawn Michaels to come at him again. Shawn Michaels looked at him, whispered, I'm sorry, I love you, gave him another kick, pinned him. Ric Flair went out in spectacular fashion. I think that the wild card loss on Sunday to Cleveland should be Ben Roethlisberger's final final game because it's the most Roethlisberger-esque game ever. Early mistakes that seem insurmountable, you put together this insane comeback. Everybody thinks they're going to pull this off. And you come up a little bit short. He broke records in the process. He, he has nothing left to prove. He's one of tw- 12 quarterbacks to win two Super Bowls or more. He has done everything that everybody said he couldn't this year in terms of coming back and playing at a high level and leading the team to the playoffs and division title. He's got nothing left to prove. And this is as good as it's going to get. Pittsburgh's going to lose a lot of key players this season, this offseason. Now, like I said, they can still find a few to kind of retool that. But this defense this year, unfortunately, got plagued with injuries in terms of Dupree and Spillane and Bush and everything. This is as good as, as it's going to get for Ben. That's the best team he's going to have for the remainder of his time there. It's not going to get closer than that. So at this point, I think the best thing for him to do is to hang him up and Pittsburgh to move forward. But as much as it sucks for it to end that way, it does seem appropriate. Glad you get that all off your chest because I I know it's been weighing on you since uh, Sunday night. But no, I I think it's you know you you mentioned they need to consider what to do with Mike Tomlin. 
I, I don't necessarily disagree. I, I think that, you know, Ben Roethlisberger, as great as he has been, he's the problem with that team. He has a problem with that offense. You can, you can throw it up to Randy Feekner too, being a problem, but it starts with the quarterback and Ben just doesn't have it. And, you know, I, I think you give Mike Tomlin a, a new quarterback, a, a few new weapons there, a new offensive line, give him a new offensive coordinator now, which he's going to get. The Steelers could be dangerous, and and I don't I don't think you give up on on a coach who's never had a losing season in his entire tenure with Pittsburgh. I don't think you just give up on him yet. I, I think I think the Steelers will be okay. Uh, just a huge thing with it though is you need you need veteran leadership on offense, especially on offense. Yeah, you can't be having these things from from young guys like Juju Smith Schuster and Chase Claypool. Just not only making themselves look dumb, making the entire team look dumb. I mean, everybody just loops the, the Pittsburgh Steelers into that now. And it's because two wide receivers on a team said some dumb things, which they should not have said. And it just becomes a, a kind of a big circus. And it's, I don't know. I mean, now the chiefs are doing it too. I don't know if you saw Sammy Watkins said something about the Browns and now I can't wait for the Browns to be throwing gas on that fire all week, and they're going to be raring up to go. Uh, when do they play? Do they play Sunday? Yeah, I think they play I think Sunday. They'll, play Sunday. So they'll they'll be ready to go this Sunday. But uh, no, we we have a we got a whole off season to talk about how we can fix, fix the Pittsburgh Steelers. But we do, we do still have divisional round football, my friend. Like you said, the best we weekend of the entire NFL season. I'm very excited for this weekend because um, you know there's a lot of storylines that just kind of fit i mean you look at mm -hmm. chiefs browns the texas tech connection between baker and uh patrick mahomes you look over with um baltimore and buffalo 2018 draft class josh allen lamar jackson that's going to be a lot of fun so i mean there's a there's a lot of underlying things going on right here and that, father uh, time come on father time the, the yeah. two ages wonders of tom brady and drew Brees matching up which that game i, went, I I, don't I wouldn't call Drew Brees an ageless wonder right now. His arm is a noodle. <laughs> okay, fine. He can he can throw a nice five yard slant, but exactly this game. I don't know. We we can start with this game. This is this is the uh, Sunday six forty game. Kind of a weird time six forty Eastern. Playoff uh, games always have the weirdest times. They, they do. It's crazy. But we we can kind of dive into this one because this one I don't know which way to lean. I really don't because the the Saints absolutely embarrassed the Buccaneers in one of their games kind of embarrassed them in the first game of the year too. They've, they've just manhandled them. And I know you don't, you're not too high on the saints, but this late in the season, are you really going to switch up your, your offense all that much, your defense all that much in the playoffs? I mean, you, you usually teams stick to what they know, stick to what they've done all Breaking year news, long. Kurt. Breaking news, Kurt. We're going to get back to that. Robert Sala is the new head coach of the New York jets. So the, the 49ers, okay. 49ers defensive coordinator will be the new head coach <laughs> of the New York Jets going forward. We'll get to that in a minute before we, you know, let's break down the rest of this first. Kurt, continue. Okay. I just wanted to interrupt you there. Well, I'm glad you did. Breaking news. When do we ever get that on a pre-recorded mm -hmm. show at 1030 on a, what is this, Thursday night? So not, okay. not often. Jets got a new head coach. I like it. All right. All right. But yes, anyway, I just, I know you're not high on the Saints. I'm just not that – I don't know. I, this game could go either way. I, I'm not high on the Buccaneers, and I'm not high on the Saints, but Tom Brady has kind of been on a little bit of a tear in these final few games here leading up to this game. I don't see anybody beating Tom Brady three times in a season. 
I really don't. And, um, you know, when it comes down to it, and we look at how now, obviously, you know, I think the Bears would be the Saints this weekend. First two and a half, three quarters, I was feeling pretty confident. It was seven to three at the half. And I was sitting there, you know, with, you know, my Kermit the Frog meme ready to go. Um, but unfortunately, you know, Matt Nagy happened and the offense was just terrible <laughs> for Chicago. But Saints don't look good. Offensively, they can't do anything. I get Michael Thomas had a somewhat nice game, but he had five catches. I mean, what do you frippin' do? You know what I mean? So, um, no, they have been, and to me, just the most overrated team in the NFL this season. I get that they had two nice wins. You know, week one, I'm going to give them a mulligan in Tampa Bay because it's the first time they ever played together. And then, yeah, they, they just came after Tom Brady in that Sunday night game, and it was humiliating for Tampa Bay. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Tampa wins this by 15 or more. Uh, not to say that I think that's what's going to happen. You know, it, it could be very close, but, you know, I just, I look at the Saints offense and it's not good. And I look at Saints defense, it's very good. Bucks defense, you don't know which one's going to show up. So that, I think that's going to be the, the big determining factor in this. Um, you know, the Bucks can afford to play a little bit lax on defense because the Saints, you know, minus that one game against them where, you know, offensively, you know, Tampa Bay just kind of gave the game away. Tampa Bay had a lot of, you know, bad. Tampa Bay's defense started in a lot of bad field position, you know, having to defend their own territory a few times because of Tom Brady interceptions. But I, I like Tampa, and I think that we're going to get a matchup where we get Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady part two on the year in the NFC Championship game. Um, but I just – I haven't been confident in New Orleans all year. I'm still not confident in New Orleans. I, I like Tampa Bay, and, um, you know, we'll see – I think we'll see them in the NFC Championship game. I, I think this game just comes down to – New Orleans is just going to send the house on Tom Brady because that's how you beat him. That's how you beat Tom Brady. You've known that his entire career. If you get pressure on him, he makes mistakes. Sometimes they are very ugly mistakes and the saints can capitalize on that. And if you really think the New Orleans saints are going to, could you imagine if they lose again in ugly fashion? Just what what would that be for? You know what I want to see? You know what I want to see, Kurt? I want to see this game be close and I want to see Sean Payton get stupid and gimmicky with Taysom Hill. (laughs) And I want Taysom Hill to throw a pick six in overtime. And I want to just laugh and laugh on Twitter at just the monstrosity that that the amount of money that that man has made this season to play 19 snaps a game or whatever the hell it is. It's probably not even that much highway robbery. The amount of money he's taken from the New Orleans Saints. So no, I would, I would love nothing more than for something like that to happen where Taysom Hill's the scapegoat because he played horrible, and then I can point everybody in the face on Twitter who's a Saints diehard. And just go, ah. <laughs> but I, I just can't imagine the narrative. It would be, I think, what, four years in a row that the Saints would lose in horrible fashion in the playoffs? You, you had the, uh, the Minnesota Miracle, Stephon Diggs, three years ago today, actually, on this Thursday, January the 14th. And you had the Nicole Roby Coleman, Rams, pass interference. And last year you had the Kyle Rudolph in the end zone, kind of maybe a push-off, probably was a push-off. Something ugly, something dumb might happen in this game, and I just I feel bad for Saints fans if it does. But you know what? Game... I'm just tired of I'm just tired of hearing Saints fans bitch and moan. I really am. You know, yeah. if you had a safety that didn't try to tackle Manti Teo's girlfriend in the middle of a play, uh, <laughs> that led to the Minneapolis miracle, maybe you'll win. If you if you score in overtime instead of throwing an interception, maybe you win. If you take advantage of all the opportunities that Minnesota handed you in, turn, in terms of turnovers at home, maybe you win. 
quit making excuses for one play that didn't go your way that has happened to decide the game. If you take care of business early on in the game, you don't have to worry about one play. So quit True. your bitching, quit your moaning, and you know <laughs> maybe start complaining about your team not you know taking advantage of things that come their way. So tired of Saints fans. I'm tired of them feeling so damn entitled. I, I'm. I think this is why I just want them to fail. I really am. I think Saints fans have made me just dislike New Orleans, and it's just made me want them to always lose. And when Drew Brees is gone, hell, even now that he's there, they're still just not very good offensively. I can't wait for them to go 5-11 and 11 next year. It's going to be remarkable. Jared is not making any fans on, on what is this, episode 46 we got going? He's, uh, he's making new enemies for – if we have any new time uh, – uh, New Orleans Saints listeners, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for Jarrett. Um, I'm not. But, <laughs> what game you want to talk about next, my friend? Because we got three more games to get into here. Uh, we'll we'll probably do a little pregame show, but we'll we'll talk about these games a little bit here before we dive into some uh, new coaching acquisitions. We haven't really talked about this game because it's going to be the ugliest game of the weekend. It's the Packers and the Rams at Lambeau. Um, you think it's going to be ugly? You really think it's it gonna is be- going? To- the Rams Seahawks game was the most boring playoff game I can remember watching. I fell asleep it watching boring. it. I was incredibly bored throughout. It was so so not fun to watch. And I'm not I'm not going to complain. And I'm not going to complain. We didn't know if we were going to have football last summer. <laughs> that's fine. We got football. That's remarkable. I'm just saying. Watching that, I was bored out of my mind. I think that one Jared Goff, even when he came back, didn't look good. I think that this, the Packers defense, Packers secondary at least, is pretty good. Jair Alexander is so underappreciated, and I wish that he got more love because he's so incredible at what he does at the cornerback position offensively green Bay is going to give it to him i think you know you look um, at okay no go ahead go ahead I'll, I'll give my argument after this go ahead okay that's fine you know what aaron Rodgers threw 48 touchdowns on the year and how many times they punted i think 44 aaron Rodgers threw more touchdowns than they punted and then so if they can't Josh pass Allen them, and the bills here we go all right <laughs> um so you look at that factor and Devonte adams had one of the greatest seasons for a receiver in nfl history it's going to be going up against jalen ramsey for the majority of the game that's going to be a fun matchup to watch but it's aaron Rodgers. he's going to win at least one or two of those throws the run game the run game is so underappreciated for green bay their offensive line is still very good even without david bakhtiari who they they miss that that's that, you know that can't really go unsaid i mean he's probably the best left tackle in football they miss him but look at what they did with aj Dillon against tennessee uh at lambeau field i mean he had a career day they didn't really use aaron jones or jamal williams all that much aj Dillon came in did his thing so i feel confident all three of the running backs because you know if they can't throw the ball as well as they would like to they can turn around hand the ball off let that great offensive line do what they need to do um you know aaron donald's a little bit dinged up with the ribs so as much as now john johnson was a pro bowl snub when we see them every year if anybody deserved to go it was him he played phenomenal all year long so i mean yeah john johnson's very good uh, Leonard Floyd, Michael Brockers, uh, Aaron Donald, very good front seven. Jalen Ramsey, you know how good he is at corner. Aaron Rodgers is the most talented quarterback to ever step foot on a football field. And he's this just feels like his year, doesn't it? It just feels like it his does. time. Yeah, it does. And so, I, I really, I really hope it is. Honestly, I, I would like to see the Packers do well this year. Uh, my argument for this is, you know, uh, the Packers offensive line can play great. I don't think their greatest play can match up to uh, the the Rams front seven. I, I think, you know, even a 80% Aaron Donald can eat two men alive. And mm. then you got Leonard Floyd and Michael Brockers on the other side. That is a Super Bowl defense. The Rams have a Super Bowl defense. They have Jalen Ramsey, who is one of the true 
maybe only lockdown corners in the NFL. There's not many of them. You, you can count them on one hand. And him against Devontae Adams. Yeah, Devontae Adams might win a few, but I think Jalen Ramsey's going to win a few too. And who else is Aaron Rodgers going to throw to? I mean, Robert Tunyon's been a reliable Robert target for him. Tunyon. <laughs> nothing, I mean, nothing else really scares me. Marquez Valdez-Scantling is a, a, a nice piece, but I have, I have faith in this Rams defense. I, I don't think the Rams are going to win. I think they'll make it close, though. And nine-fingered Jared Goff is not going to put up a lot of points, but exactly. that defense, that defense, I think they're going to keep it close. I like their defense, but their offense, I mean, who would you rather have offensively? Them or the Bears right now? I'd probably pick right. Chicago, especially what they did down the stretch. Their offense is horrible. And that's weird to say about a Sean McVay team, especially what we've come to know about the Rams, especially, you know, those first couple years when they were just lighting the world on fire with Todd Gurley. <laughs> um, but, no, offensively, they're bad. Um, that's, uh, that's, that's pretty well documented. They're not good offensively. So, especially playing in the elements in Lambeau, it's going to be cold. They're a Los Angeles team. This is a, a Green Bay team who thrives in playing in these situations. Aaron Rodgers, you know how good he is when it just comes to playing in the cold. So, no, I feel – this is the most confident I feel in a game this weekend. I think Green Bay plays a great all-around game. And, uh, you know, the Rams, thanks for coming. John Wolford, you know, you played well. Hopefully you're next okay, pal. Um, he did come back to celebrate yeah. with the Rams, I do believe. So, you know, yeah. that's a good sign. But I think we can all agree that the best thing about this weekend is that the Seahawks aren't in it. So uh, that's <laughs> that's all I that matters. I, I, loved, I loved first half of the season Seahawks offense, but not second half. Second half is boring, and the last playoff game was boring. And I'm glad they're out of this. I'd like to see – I want to see the Packers come out of the the, the NFC. I think yeah, I think that would be the that would be I think that's a popular pick right now, and I think that would be the best thing for the NFC just because I would love to see Aaron Rodgers get ring number two. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he right now it. I think he absolutely he deserves it. One trillion percent deserves it, and um, you know, out of the remaining of the field, that would be if I had my pick. I think it would be Rodgers. And, and Green Bay and the Bills kind of neck and neck. I would be incredibly satisfied with either of those. I'd be kind of indifferent about the Chiefs. I mean, I kind of want to see somebody else win it, but I'd rather see them win it than, you know, a Tampa Bay or New Orleans. I don't think either of them are really going to get there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I would love to see Aaron Rodgers get a second ring because um, the amount of just sheer talent that he's put on display his entire career, especially the past 10 years that he's gone without a ring, is just – it's criminal that he doesn't have more, and I would love to see him get another one. It, it really is, and – for all my bills people out there that's listening i don't know if i'm gonna get crucified for saying this i as much as i want the bills to be in the super bowl i don't want them to be in the super bowl unless they're absolutely gonna win it because i can't take the bills going to a super bowl and losing and hearing no such say, thing oh, as a sure they thing lost the another i just i I, it is, it's an amazing accomplishment if the Bills make the Super Bowl this year. I mean, they, they were non-existent for 20 years, and they finally made it. I just, the pain in my heart, I don't know if I can take a Super Bowl loss. I wasn't, I wasn't alive. I wasn't there for, for the, the four Super Bowl runs, so this would be my, my first experience. But uh, I, I want the Bills to be there. Obviously, I, I really do, but I just don't know if I can take the pain of, of a, a heartbreaking loss. You know, Mike Golick, he talked about when he was on Mike and Mike and whatnot, um, if he would rather have never played in a Super Bowl, which he never did as part of that great Eagles defensive line that they had with Jerome Brown, Reggie White in the 90s, mm-hmm. or would he rather go to one and lose it? And he said, without a doubt, I would have rather gone there and lost than never experienced it at all. 
And he talked about how he had a chance to be on the, the Niners team that beat the Chargers that year. Um, I can't remember the exact story. I don't want to butcher it. But for some reason, he didn't end up being on the team and he didn't get to go to ring. He's like, the, I don't care how much I would have played throughout the season or have contributed to Super Bowl win. I could have had a ring. And even if we would have gone and lost, just being there and being a part of that, I would have yep. given almost anything to do that. So, yeah. And now I have experienced Super Bowl loss as a fan, and I will never <laughs> forgive Richard Mendenhall for that. But <laughs> that's beside it, the point. It is, uh, it, it's, I mean, just even if the Bills, God forbid, if they lose this weekend in the divisional round, I'll, I'll be honest, I'm not going to be, unless it's just a blowout, but I, I will not be pissed. I will not be, you know, just done with this team throwing them away because I will. <laughs> I know, I know how you feel about the Baltimore Ravens, but they're, they're, okay, we'll, we'll get into this game because the bills yeah. are the better team. The bills should win this game. They should beat Lamar Jackson. They should beat that Baltimore defense. I don't, I don't see why they shouldn't, you know, we, we know we've talked about this Ravens. When you talk about the Ravens, you know, they're going to run the ball, stop the run, win the game, not even stop the run, control the run, control Lamar Jackson, contain him, Keep them under, I don't know, as a team under 150 yards, you win this game. I really don't, I don't think Lamar Jackson beats you with his arm, especially now with a completely healthy Bills defense, completely healthy secondary. Who's he going to throw to? Mark Andrews is the only guy that would really concern me on that team because Jack Doyle kind of ate against the Bills defense in the wild card round. Yeah, um, first of all, everybody should start listening to our pregame show because Kurt's prop bets have been hitting. Yes. We bet Josh Allen, the rushing touchdown. That was uh, <laughs> that was a great little prediction that you had last week. Um, now this is, I want to see Buffalo win by eighty. This oh, that would make my weekend so great. Look, people tried arguing with me that Lamar Jackson's a great thrower on Twitter today, no. and it was because you know, I said that you know obviously the interception that he threw to Michael Butler was atrocious. I mean, it was one on one coverage. It was brutal. Somebody tried showing me the Dawson Knox interception against the Rams. That was a catch by Dawson Knox and saying how bad of a throw that was to compare it to Tyler, Tyler Croft. But yes, I know what you mean. Yeah, I'm Go sorry. On. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's Tyler Croft. I apologize. But I, I'm tired of if you if you're trying to argue that Lamar Jackson has a great arm, you're either a Ravens fan or you're in denial. That's fine. You can be both. That's fine with me. I don't care. I'll continue. Kurt and I will continue to be very good at what we do and analyze this, you know, thoroughly and correctly while you sit at home and not do this that's fine with us we'll keep doing it now <laughs> that said the throw was embarrassingly bad it was horrible yes. he it yes. looks like malcolm butler could have fair caught it it was horrible <laughs> it was a bad throw yes and you know now lamar was a big reason that they won because of his legs not because of his arm because of his legs and people want to point to that one silent that sideline throw to yet marquise brown over the shoulder as oh, he's a great throw that's the exception. It's very not, very much not the rule. I can show you a lot of film on a lot of bad quarterbacks making very good throws. Okay, so yeah, he won the game with his legs. But let's not pretend that he's the only one who won the game. Defensively, they played great. You know, yep. Tennessee didn't make any sort of adjustments in the second half to try to you know get Derrick Henry going. And Baltimore just said, let's just keep doing what we're doing. It's it's working. Tennessee didn't adjust, and yep. defensively, Baltimore played great. Um, and so kudos to them for that. So I. I I think a, a thing to remember here too is, you know, I, I, I even I was saying, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, MVP Lamar Jackson is back. You know, he was, he looked great the second, well, not second half, but the, the end of the year, they've won six in a row here. Let's look at the six teams that they've beaten. They beat the Dallas Cowboys. Okay. 
They beat the Browns. Okay, I'll give them that. That was an insane game. I mean, that was the classic. One of the best games of the year. I'll give them that. But they beat the Cowboys. They beat the Browns. You beat the Jaguars. Okay, you better. You beat the Giants. You better. You beat the Bengals. You better. And then you beat the Titans, who's a good team, bad defense. And they, they only put up 20 points on them. So the Ravens are, I'll say, a good team. They're not They're not a great team. And no. Lamar Jackson's a, a good quarterback. I'm not, you know, I still think, I think that the Baltimore Ravens could win a Super Bowl with Lamar Jackson. He has the talent to do it. Not this year. I, I really don't think this is the year. The Bills are a better team. The Josh Allen's a better quarterback. The Bills have a, a eh, maybe I don't know. I'll take it from from your side since you're not biased. Are you are you more of a, a Bills defense or a Baltimore defense fan? What what do you, what would you rank higher? Last year, Baltimore's defense was very good. Down the stretch yep. this year, Buffalo's defense has been very very good. Yeah. And um, you know now Baltimore's played great against mm-hmm. Tennessee I mean like I just said but I mean as of right now if we're going player by player position by position you look at the secondary uh Trey White's better than Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey now they have a better tandem I mean Marlon Humphrey's yeah. better than yep. better than Levi Wallace is safety wise definitely giving that to Buffalo love their safeties front seven wise definitely giving that to Buffalo love that Oliver love Edmonds Matt Milano is very good um so I think overall as a defense I think I'd give Buffalo the slate edge secondary wise I think in terms of cornerbacks, Baltimore has that and, you know, a solid margin just because, you know, Peters and Humphrey yeah. are just a very good tandem. But safety-wise, you know, Buffalo kind of makes up for what they're lacking at that number two corner spot. Um, yeah. So, no, I think it's a very close defensive matchup in different ways. You know, I think Baltimore, Buffalo is a better front seven. The only thing with Buffalo is, is that they're not a big defensive unit. They're a fast defensive unit. And that's kind of comes – that could come in handy this week. If Mark Ingram doesn't play, that'll help them a lot because they don't need to be ginormous to take down, you know, J.K. Dobbins and mm-hmm. Gus Edwards. They just got to be quick. Quickness is going to be their best friend against the run, though. And I think that's why they match up really good against Baltimore's run offenses because, you know, bigger defenses, they're not going to be able to keep up with Lamar. I, I have pretty solid faith that, you know, Tremaine Edmonds is going to be able to hold his own against the run defense for – against the run offense for Baltimore. So, no, I like this matchup for Buffalo. They should win. They're the better offense. They have – I'd probably say a slightly better defense in terms of personnel and overall positioning. So, mm-hmm. and I, this is I a think- game that they should win. Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, a thing to remember in this game, Baltimore blitzes more than any team in the NFL. You know, they, they send the house on almost every other play. And thing to remember, they did that last year against Josh Allen, and he struggled, and the Bills lost that game. But you flip it over to this year, this is not the same old Josh Allen. This is not your father's no, Josh Allen. No, it is not. Uh, interesting note uh, from Marcel Luis Jacques, the uh, Bills beat reporter from ESPN. So the Ravens blitz more than any team, 263 plays uh, in the NFL. Josh Allen saw more blitzes than any quarterback in the NFL with 228. Josh Allen also leads all NFL quarterbacks on the blitz in passing touchdowns, first downs, passing yards, and completions of 20 plus yards. So if you're going to put one-on-one coverage with Stefan Diggs on one side, sure, you can do that. But then that leaves Cole Beasley and John Brown one-on-one coverage on the other side. And don't forget Dawson Knox. Don't forget TJ Yeldon, who's going to be playing this game, who's great in the passing game. The Bills' weapons are going to be a tough matchup for this Baltimore defense, and I'm not sure they can really keep up. I, I, I don't think they could, and I don't think they're going to change their ways. I don't think they're going to see – you know, they're going to see how good Josh Allen is against the blitz, but I don't think they're just going to up and stop sending the blitz on him. No, I mean, Week Martindale is famous for just sending the heat. 
Yeah. Um, we could also see a healthy dose of Kenny Stills this game, uh, depending on what his status is going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also signed Devontae Freeman, could see a little bit of pass blocking from him. There's a lot of things that Buffalo is really going to try to integrate into this game. Um, if everything goes, I mean, if both teams play their best game, Buffalo will win by 10. I mean, I think mm-hmm. that's you know just how confident I am in Buffalo. I mean, their passing game is out of this world. Their offense is the best in the league. It's going to take a lot. It's going to take the best team in the league playing their best game to beat them. So, um, you know, I think that they, uh, I think they should win. I think they do win. And I think we get a matchup between them and Kansas City at Arrowhead for the AFC, for the AFC championship. Okay, so you're, you're tipping your cap already. You're uh, picking the Chiefs, I see. I mean, look, Cleveland. By the way, I'm not salty at the Browns. Good for them. You know, they came. Mm-hmm. Cleveland showed that they have something that Pittsburgh did in this way. That's heart and want to win. Mm-hmm. And Steelers showed none of that. And that's all on the fault of Mike Tomlin for not getting them prepared. The, the Browns rallied around everything that the Steelers were throwing at them throughout the week. Juju Smith saying you know, the stupid things that he did. Not having Kevin Stefanski there. Just rallying around each other. And I think that's what you need. Pittsburgh doesn't have that. And Cleveland just came to play. Now, do they get a little bit lucky on the opening snap? Sure. But after that, it was they were curb stomping them the entire game. It was yeah. foot down their throats and not letting up. And you know, kudos to them for it. I'm not angry at the Browns. I'm not angry at Browns fans. And I personally got on Twitter, Cleveland, y'all deserve this. Congratulations. You, know, you guys waited a long time for this. So mm-hmm. tip, tip of the cap to the Browns, to their fans. So um, that said, though, I mean, they're just – they are bad defensively against the pass. And we know how great Kansas City is in the passing game. So mm-hmm. – I, I think this think... is I think this is a little bit of a tricky matchup though for Kansas City in uh, just the run game. I mean any any team that goes up against Cleveland is going to have a, a handful with, with Chubb and Hunt. But I, I think you know Kansas City's look good on defense, not great, but their linebackers are not very good. The, the Kansas City uh-huh. struggles with linebackers, and that could be. You know, if they lose, I don't think they will. I, I think the Chiefs win this game. If they lose, it's going to be because their linebackers can't keep up with with Chubb and Hunt. And Chubb and Hunt could easily have 100 yards and two touchdowns each. I, I, I would not be completely surprised. I don't think it's going to happen. But I, I, that's the only problem that I really see here. Um, another thing, too, that I was thinking about is I wish Odell Beckham Jr. was playing. Like, I, this team could be – on another level if he was in because you know when he was in there he didn't seem like he was the old obj that we knew in, in the giants when he was lighting up the highlight reel but this team this offense started getting clicking baker mayfield started clicking with his offense and you know I, this team would just be a lot more fun if uh, obj was out there but no i mean props to the browns props to cleveland like you said i mean browns fans deserve this maybe more than anybody and I, it used to be the bills i think now it's the browns so how much fun would a AFC championship in Buffalo between Cleveland and Buffalo be to go to the Super Bowl? It would be definitely the biggest story just because it's the matchup of two fan bases that have just suffered and suffered <laughs> for a long, long time. Yes. But uh, I, I just don't see that happening. I do want to quote our friend Matt Verderam, who did give us a shout out on his live stream. So bless yes. your heart, Matt Verderam, for giving us some love. Um, when, you, you know, when you talk about linebackers, Browns linebackers aren't very good. Travis Kelsey could eat this game. And, you know, what are you going to do if you're Cleveland? Because, okay, you can try to slow down Tyreek Hill. All right, there's Travis Kelsey. There's Clyde Edwards-Alaire. There's, you know, Miko Hardman. You can't slow down them all. Somebody's going to eat. 
And it could very well be Travis Kelsey because their linebackers are bad. There's not going to be anybody that can you know, really keep up with them aside from maybe Mac Wilson. But other than that, I mean, Travis Kelsey could have a game. Um, so watch that for player props this next weekend. If you're, mm, um, yes. if, if that's what you're betting on. So um, no, I think Kansas city wins. Um, I think it's somewhat convincing. I think Cleveland puts up a solid fight for a little bit. I don't think it's an absolute blow, but I think Kansas city by, you know, 10, 13, somewhere in that range. I think that's a reasonable, a reasonable uh, prediction for margin of victory. I would say so. The line is at minus 10 for KC right now. So you're right Sounds on the number right. pretty much. There you go. But yeah, we have a uh, divisional round football this week and I cannot wait because then that means we are one step closer to the Super Bowl, my friend. I am, that we are. I, I know I'm counting down the days. Um, I know. Just because, just because I'll be there. I'll be in Tampa. So I can't wait for that. Uh, we've having, we're having all our, our pre-trip meetings. So we are ready to go. That's very exciting. And I'm very excited for you to be able to do that. I'll be at the Senior Bowl at the end of the month, which I'm very yes. excited for. Because you know what that means. That means our draft talk is going to really speed up. And we're going to dive into all of that. Kurt's dying, choking on whatever the hell he's choking on. I don't know. I was eating before we started recording. So I was, some of it was still in there, but I think I'm good to go now. But uh, before we, before we head out of here, we'll, we will be doing a, a pregame show. So uh, keep an eye out on Twitter, but let's talk about some, uh, some coaches because yeah, it seems, yeah, seems so like, I mean, we just had breaking news. I think that's the first this, time that's happened. This was not what I was expecting. I did not expect Robert Saul to accept the Jets job. Out of all the jobs that were just so <laughs> he could have gone to the Chargers. I believe did he have I think he had an interview with yeah, he with, did with the Chargers. Yep. Um I mean you look at all of the vacancies, the Jets is among the least least appealing. Now Urban Meyer's now in Jacksonville, which we'll touch yep. on in a minute, but <laughs> I just doesn't make sense to me. You know, I get defense defensively they need a lot of work. Robert Sala can give them that. And right. I can assume this might be a reach. Watch out for Richard Sherman following Robert Sala to the Jets. Um, it wouldn't surprise me at all. I mean, this is a guy who is going to be a free agent getting up there in years. Jets need some veteran leadership. Mm-hmm. They, I think there's a lot of guys in this league who would love to play for Robert Sala. Oh, yeah. Um, so I think he could get a few, you know, solid key defensive pieces. So if you get a Richard Sherman who's there, solid veteran leadership, solid corner that they can make through another second cornerback you know, match them up with Quinn and Williams, get another, you know, at least one or two in there that could make the defense at least formidable. He needs to get an offense coordinator. That's going to help whoever the next quarterback is, whether they decide to keep Sam Darnold, whether they move off him and draft whomever they decide to draft or sign, whatever they do. It's going to be interesting to see. I do not expect Robert Sala to be the next coach of the jets. I thought it would be Doug Peterson just based off the ties from Philadelphia. That that was a shocking move to me. It, yeah. But I mean, I think that's a great move. If if you're oh, a yeah, Jets for the fan, Jets, it's you, great. if you're a Jets fan, you need to be ecstatic because I would say, you know, he was probably the top candidate out there. I I, I would choose him over Doug Peterson. Um, from a Bills fan standpoint, I'm a little shocked that that not many teams are are interested in Brian Dable. I mean, maybe may, I I don't know. I was thinking about it. Maybe it's just you know. Not everybody is cut out to be a head coach. Everybody thinks, oh, this guy's a great offensive coordinator. Oh, he's a great defensive coordinator. Look what he's done to this quarterback. Or look what he's done to, to get this team to where they're at. Yeah. doesn't necessarily mean that they can head coach a team. I mean, that takes a lot. So, I mean, I don't know what's going on behind closed doors. I don't know if even Brian Dable's saying, I want to stick with the Bills. But um, 
No, that, that's a great signing for the Jets. And you are so happy you will never have to see Adam Gase ever again because Salah is a smart guy. And this is kind of what we've been waiting for. This is the maybe the first, first domino to fall. And I, I think this is kind of where we start seeing the rest of the teams say, hey, we got to find our guy because we just lost out on that guy. Yeah, and then we've got the other hiring of the day. Urban Meyer named the official coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> Yes. which is an, a sentence I was expecting to say a few months ago. <laughs> um, so it looks like we're going to have Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence running the show down in Duval County. And I kind of like it. I, on paper, it sounds pretty fun. Yeah. It really yeah. does, doesn't it? Now, this could be the polar end. It could be you know Jim Harbaugh going from Stanford mm, yes. to the 49ers and just tearing it up. Or it could be Nick Saban going to the Dolphins, and it could be a complete mm-hmm. dumpster fire. It could be one of two. Uh, Urban Meyer's never been an NFL head coach before, so there's a lot of implications there. I don't even think he's been on an NFL staff before, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. I don't remember him being on an NFL staff. I, I don't, unless it was when we were really young and he had. Yeah, that's what years. I'm saying. Let me, let me look it up here. I'm gonna, because I'm, I'm kind of interested because you know these coaches go school to school, team to team. Right. Uh, let's see. Xavier, Ohio State, Illinois State, Colorado State, Notre Dame, Bowling Green, Utah, Florida, Ohio State, and now Jacksonville. So he has never even stepped foot on an NFL facility. So this is going to be the interesting thing. Um, You know, if it does go well, then congratulations, Jacksonville. You seem pretty set up. Uh, Now they do need to get a little bit better on the defensive side of the ball. We can expect them to do that with that second first round pick that they have. I expect them to go probably safety there. I mean, I can touch on my mock draft. I have them taking Javon Holland from Oregon, that nice center fielder they can place back there. Um, so, I mean, seems to be steps in the right direction. I'm sure the cons and all of the Jags and the Jaguar organization are very excited for the future holds. I'm excited to see Urban Meyer on an NFL sideline. That's going to be – Jacksonville Jaguars are going to get a few primetime games this year simply because we've got an exciting young quarterback. We've got, you know, a head coach that's very polarizing. This could be uh, – it could be fun. Uh, I think, I'm, I'm I think Jacksonville's, I think Jacksonville's really set up. If every, I mean, they need to, they're in a good position to be good. They're in a good position to be great. Possibly. I mean, they, they have the first overall pick. So they're most likely going to get Trevor Lawrence. They have 10 draft picks. They have over a hundred million dollars in cap space coming up. This is a very attractive job. And, you know, I, I would assume any head coach candidate, was looking at that Jacksonville job and was a little interested in it because this is your dream scenario. If you want to come in and rebuild a franchise, you have everything you need. You have all the pieces you need. You just have to do it. I mean, it's, that's what it comes down to. And I, I am interested. I'm very interested to see what, what happens to urban Meyer in the NFL. I'm incredibly intrigued and I'm very excited to see where all the rest of these dominoes fall because we've still got coaching vacancies and well, we've still got Detroit, Houston, Houston. Okay, you know, I said the Jets is probably the least attractive job. Houston's probably the, the least attractive job yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> that is just a dumpster fire. Your quarterback doesn't want to be there. You traded away your best wide receiver. You don't have any first round picks. You're kind of in some cap trouble too. You have some expiring contracts coming up. That is the complete opposite of where the Jacksonville Jaguars are right now. Yeah, no, I mean, they are a team with a lot of money and they're going in the right direction. I'm excited to see what what could be for the Jaguars. I mean, a few years ago, they're in the AFC Championship game and obviously they just gutted that team. Um, so you know, we'll see what happens. I'm excited to see what happens for, for the Jaguars going forward. It'll be, AFC South just got a little bit more exciting. 
which is something that they really needed because they were probably the most boring division in football going into this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, they have some some nice pieces in Derrick Henry and Deshaun Watson. and uh, Deshaun oh Watson won't be there much longer. No, he will not. And that's a, that's a fun story for the offseason here. But we have divisional round football, my friend. The Buffalo Bills are still in it. Still in it. That they are. That they are. And um, I expect them to still be in it uh, when the weekend is over. Um, so, I don't know. We'll get into this, you know, with our picks and whatnot. But, I mean, right now, I mean, for me, I think it's going to be Green Bay, Tampa Bay, and I think it's going to be Buffalo, Kansas City. That's a, that is a fun championship round. That, that is it extremely is. Extremely fun. I mean, Brady, Rodgers – you can't really ask for a better matchup because we don't really we don't really get to see that a lot. I mean, we never got to see Brady Rodgers when Brady was in New England. Now they're both in the NFC, so maybe we'll see it this year. Maybe we'll see it next year a little more. But then we see we see the two old men, and then we see the two young men, and and maybe the next generation with Josh Allen and uh, Patrick Mahomes possibly for next week. Yeah, that's going to be an exciting week, and I'm very excited to be spending it with you, my friend. And as we continue to break down this NFL season. We are, I mean, we've almost approached a year doing this together. How about yes. that? It's... How about that? I, I I don't know the exact date. We'd have to find out the exact date, but we I know we started the uh we started this laces out podcast with Primetime in just about March, right when the world started to go downhill right. a little bit. Yeah. So uh yeah, it's been it's been a hell of a ride, my friend. That it has, and we've still got a long road ahead of us as we keep doing this together. Kurt, where can they find you on Twitter before we let them go? You guys can find me at Kurt, K-U-R-T, Hamaser, H-A-U-M-E-S-S-E-R, 88. I was on ESPN Radio in Hawaii this morning. You were, it was, yeah. <laughs> it was kind of cool. It was it was 6.30 in, <laughs> it was 6:30 in the morning in Hawaii. It was 11.30 here in Buffalo. Damn, you got the I, morning prime window, buddy. I did. I did. It was pretty cool. It was uh, the Bobby Curran show. So uh, keep an eye out for him. It, it was a fun time. He had me on for about 15 minutes. So I got to bring some Bills Mafia to Hawaii. I don't know how many – Bills fans are there, but I'm sure there's a few. So, uh, yeah, follow me along on Twitter. We'll have a good time with these these good old Bills. And I got to tweet about the Sabres for once, and I don't know why mm, it was because I'm sorry. they just looked like the same old Sabres again. So Free right. Jack Eichel. <laughs> don't say that. I, <laughs> I can't blame them, but I want them to stay so bad. But that's okay. We're an NFL podcast. Jerry, where can they find you, my friend? You can find me on Twitter at jbaileynfl. Uh, you can check out my latest piece on the Steelers Sports Illustrated page. Uh, on what Pittsburgh decides to do in terms of the Ben Roethlisberger situation and what they can do going forward at the position. Um, and a lot more from me on Pro Football Network, fan side everywhere that you can find me, JBLA NFL. We are going into the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. Can't wait to spend it with all of you. Join us on sometime this weekend for either one or two pregame shows. We'll tweet it out and we'll let you know. As always, thank you for joining us. This is Laces Out for Kurt Homister. I am Jarrett Bailey. We will talk to you soon. See ya. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.